This presentation is from Managing Design 2017, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. I should introduce Matthew, uh, who's from IBM. And I love it when uh, everybody has really great descriptive talk titles, because then I don't have to introduce it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just going to hand straight over to you, and you can explain about corporate okay. jobs not needing to suck. <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, first off, before I begin, I just want to thank the organizers for letting me come down here and uh, experiment with you. And so, I <laughs> know, oh. <laughs> it's in the contract. Um, if you haven't thrown it away yet, uh, I put a little card in front of you and some help with some colleagues and friends I just met today. And it is a tea stain card. Hopefully you didn't throw it away. Uh, I had my eight-year-old niece make it late in the night. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, right. uh, I did it. But uh, uh, you have a marker also in your packet. So you could take that or the pen, whatever writing implement you, you feel necessary, and just sort of draw on it. You might see something. Uh, I noticed at my table people were trading cards, so apparently there's a mini economy going on. Um, and I'll come back to this at the end. So before I begin, uh, just a little intro to why I'm doing this and, and what I hope to communicate today. Um, my name's Matt. I come from the land of tiny trucks. Uh, <laughs> It's really not true. I'm from Texas. Uh, so I'm from, <laughs> so I'm specifically from Austin, Texas, and uh, I work for IBM. And so I forget who said this, but someone said, if IBM tried to be friendly to you, you wouldn't trust them. And that's absolutely true. <laughs> right? So and I'll get into that, like, kind of how this affects this talk. I, specifically, also, I work for Bluemix. Is anyone from IBM or use Bluemix products? Or Nice. No, I'd love to talk to you after this if you want to. <laughs> um, some of you who don't use our stuff may still recognize, of course, the brand. I found the big building of IBM downtown. Um, you might remember what this is. Uh, some of you might even remember what this is and then that we had a hand in making the UPC code as well, which I didn't know. Um, and not too long ago, uh, this happened, where Watson came on and just kicked a lot of butt. And people were like, oh my god, the computers are taking over. And it's kind of true, kind of not true, right? Um, but recently, in the last five years, IBM took a look back into, I would say, the 60s, into uh, where Thomas Watson, the, the CEO, was like, hey, we have to put design at the forefront. Uh, we have to make it a, a part of our initiative to remain competitive. And so as we know, since some of you may be struggling, like, well, what do you guys design? What have you done? Um, we're getting back into that vision, right? And so uh, about five years ago, IBM went on a huge initiative starting in Austin, Texas, to hire 1,000 designers. And you're like, what? 1,000 <laughs> designers, which we're still hiring, by the way, if anyone's interested. <laughs> um, uh, and so this was the first class. This was before I joined IBM. And there are a lot of young, fresh faces there about to jump into a company that hasn't been designed or hasn't been thinking about design for like 40 or 50 years. Right? So what happens when you do that? You get this. Um, there are challenges when you try to change culture, and this a lot was coming down from the leadership, which is great, you have that support. But at the same time, you're trying to change the culture from the people who are still doing the jobs, um, who are entrenched in sort of day-to-day -day activities. And so uh, this actually happened when I came in. I'm jumping into a developer sprint, which again, someone mentioned that uh, earlier this morning. Um, that's a no-no. And so if we're not used to how developers work, uh, and we jump into a sprint, there's a lot of bad things that happen. I've seen this happen in startups. I've seen it happen in, in this, of course. And so 
we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what the priorities were. We also went through looking through our emails, having meetings about meetings, saying, hey, is this the priority? No, this is the priority. You know, this stakeholder said this. And then um, in the end, what it felt like was we were working super, super, super fast, building something. We weren't too sure what that direction was, right? Um, we were making not-so-safe hacks and unsustainable hacks with our system, which ended up crashing, right, of course, and then affecting our, our product and our brand and releasing things that just didn't quite make sense. Um, so the bottom right picture uh, is uh, in the Toronto airport, so if you can find it and then tweet it back to me. <laughs> I'm still looking for it. I know it's in there. Um, so, of course, the natural thing of what happens is these are new designers are coming in and want to practice their craft, and they're experiencing this chaos. Uh, what do they do? They freak out and leave. So we have like good people that we're losing, and we've, we've lost them. Um, and so early on when I started, thankfully I joined IBM with some people with a little bit of experience with Agile and Agile UX, and then how do we kind of put an end to this chaos? And our hypothesis was, um, can we create engaged teams? Uh, I'm sorry, can, can we create an, uh, an environment that helps uh, improve engagement and reduce that turnover? Um, so our approach. So the first thing you got to do, of course, when you're, when you're living in a fire is you have to put out the fire, right? And so we started looking at these circles of what we can control, what actually can we influence, and then what, what are our concerns. And trying to move the designers that are on my team, the ones that I'm responsible for, out of the reactive mindset of like, oh my God, we got to look at these concerns that are shrinking what we can control, right? So, and moving them more into like, well, who can you influence they kind of build your control. Uh, and for some of them, they're like, oh, that's an interesting switch on things. I don't have to be in a fight all the time. <laughs> right? um, and so we started with just that small bit. So I, I am in no way, uh, I would say, a manager yet. I'm a lead designer. I have two or three designers under me. So and I'm pretty small in the food chain, which is great. You can run under the radar. Um, and so one of the things that I could do and I realized I can do was we, we had our team set up when, uh, how do we do this? We did design reviews, five to 10 of us, with developer reviews, five to 10 of them on the phone, right? And if you've ever done that, it's also a terrible thing. So you have a phone call with your developers in another city, and they're giving you feedback kind of almost at random. And so what I've noticed, this was my first week, the designers are trying to absorb all this feedback, getting defensive, and then coming out sort of more or less worn out and not too sure what to do. Right, then you have the other meeting, and the cycle begins, and it's awful. And so the first thing that I knew I could do was pull my designers out of that review and then say, okay, who is the person going to work on this on the other side? Identify that person. Just have a nice little Slack conversation with this guy later, dude, and just say, hey, can we just talk about what we're trying to do? I want to make sure that you understand the workflows, for example, that we're trying to make, and it makes sense for what you think you can release in this sprint, or the next sprint that you're working on. And it was for a real simple thing. So that's the Bluemix status page, which just changed. Um, and I just wanted to get the designers to see that you can do something differently. You can have a different interaction with your developers, right? Um, and that, the other one is to build trust with your designers. Uh, and we had actually the same internal reviews that had the same results as before, where people were just sort of shooting feedback. People were getting um, very defensive, and I was like, you know, this isn't very productive. Let's try something different. Um, 
a lot of our design thinking methodologies is like, let's get people to write our feedback on postcards, get as many people as possible to get that information on there. And then the designer in question, the guy at the hat, uh, he can go through there and sort of clump into what people are actually saying and then give that feedback back to them. It's more efficient. He knows what to do next. And um, you're less defensive, and you grow a little trust with your team. Uh, the other one is a, a disclaimer. I'm not an Agile UX uh, expert. We're still trying to learn this. I think Catherine Hill, I'd love to talk to you after this about this. Nice. Um, but mostly are getting into the practice of like where our sprints come in, where our designs come in, how do we write them with success criteria so everyone buys off on it, and then how do they feed into the developer sprint as well. That's where we're at right now, and I'd love to kind of connect a little bit more. And then the last thing with getting our house in order was the simple thing that um, I think we all experienced probably 16 times a day is like, do you know where that last file is on that thing that you did for that thing? Right? And nobody knows. <laughs> How did, what did you call it? I don't know, version 18, me? You know? So getting our naming convention in order. What do they line up to? Where are they? And so I don't have to ask, is this the latest file? Is this the latest file? Is this the latest file? Um, once we get that short-term... Uh, fire out, let's say, uh, we can then start looking at, we have that room and that trust with our development and our product owners to start thinking about roadmaps, start working together. I can start sort of talking to them, hey, this is the thing, um, this is a new concern, or sorry, this is the new initiative that came out of the, uh, let's say, our CEO's conversation that now we have to kind of see if we need to pivot. And so we started planning in it for our developers. We had that space to do that. So once we felt we had our house in order, then you have to, we felt, to open up that space for them, designers, to explore. That's what they want. That's what they're craving, right? Um, one thing that, that I did and I wanted to show my designers was let's protect that time. And I know it says Thursday. I don't know why. I thought, I thought I'd put it on Friday. Um, Friday is the time to do it um, because I think after lunch on Friday, nothing really happens. I don't know if that's true here. Is that... <laughs> Drinking happens. You guys are good, right? Okay. Um, mostly, people tended to disappear around 2 o'clock. I was like, wait a minute. What if we can kind of do something together or at least try something and not work on things that are necessary day to day? Because you're burnt on that anyway after Thursday. So we gave them that space. This is your time to work on things. I don't need to see you, but we can talk about what you're working on a bit later. And so we, what we found was, for example, designers wanted to work with people that they don't normally work with and play around with things that they wanted to learn, expand their abilities. So a new designer wanted to learn how to code. The front-end developer said, hey, let's try out this thing. And um, uh, not Figma, but another tool where uh, it does a lot of animation for you. I'm still kind of learning that. Uh, yeah, I think so. But, um, and also, like, once they were working on their own skills, then they could start thinking, like, a little bit bigger. Like, oh, we actually have, like, other problems we can kind of fix and we haven't gotten to yet. And we know it's a priority, but it's not on anyone's list. And so in this case, there were two front-end developers that came together, and they were helping out with uh, finding that file, but finding out where our research is. So this is just a sample conversation I have with my um, designers. Like, hey, do you know where that research deck is? about that thing that we researched, and then we don't know, right? So if they could create, because like we keep our files and other things, and if we could put our databases together, at least our research together, it's easy for everyone to see, right? Uh, and then the last thing we did up until a week ago, uh, last week, I believe, we, we brought everyone's creative energy together, and we did a hackathon. It's like, this is your day. You have a full day. What do you want to work on, right? 
And what we found was they want to work on their space. Like, we're in IBM. It's a little IBM-y, right? So how can we make it a bit friendlier um, and then conducive for, for how we want to work? And the other one was, like, how do we engage with our other team? So um, anyone who works in, in a big corporation or a government, um, you tend to be siloed quite easily. I don't something about making groups and not talking to other groups. Um, and so... After that day, our next steps is to work on, like, okay, what are the things we can do within our, our power, let's say, um, and then what are the things we can later ask for forgiveness? So we can't destroy our floor, but we can definitely paint it. And we can put up um, artwork. We can put up things for our, our books and so on, right? And then the next step was to do a hackathon with other teams on our floor to start with. Because there are teams that work on Bloomits I never talk to, right? They kind of go about their day and they leave, and I've been on that floor for, like, six weeks. So um, get them together introduce ourselves, and start working. All right. Um, how much time do I have? Is that... Oh, right, great. <laughs> it's okay. I know. Is, it, is that the timer? <laughs> um, so a couple of takeaways that I got out of this, and it's still a work in progress, but it's, this, is take, this takes time. Um, I had to build trust from people on the team, from people outside of the team that, one, we can do this, we have the room to do this, we'll get you the work, let us explore a little bit, right? Um, you got to start small. There are, um, when you come in there and you see that there's something ideal, you can always say to people, like, oh, God, we got to do this, oh, my God, it's going to cost a million dollars, and so you're not going to do it, right? But there are small things you can do. Uh, one is just having that creative time, having that time, let's say, four to five hours in a week where you can work on something that's not your day-to-day, right? And then find your circle of influence. So there's someone there that you can say, hey, can we try this? Let me just try this for this week. And so that, in my case, was my immediate manager, the UX director for Bluemix. I was like, let's give these guys a little bit of fun, a little bit of space, and keep them here. Because they're they're doing this stuff anyway, and they're kind of hiding it. You know, why not be creative in the (laughs) office, too? and so, kind of curious, uh, do you guys have anything interesting, or did you share yours? Did you draw anything, or not yet? Oh, I guilted you. Yes. What's that? Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So if you want to share them with me, I'd love to see them. You could um, tweet it at me, uh, at Ing Matthew, and be, I'd love to see what you guys come up with. Um, this was actually the first time I tried this exercise with my designers. You can see the level of skepticism. They're like, what are you, what are you making me do? This doesn't make any sense. Um, and then I let them draw. I was like, just be free. Like, I'm not going to fire you for drawing. You know? um, and this is what they came up with. There are some weird things. There's some chickens and rabbits. But it's just like, it's really a space where they can be just a little more creative. And then... The thing that came out when I started talking about this presentation to my team was uh, we're hired for our creativity. We're hired to think a little bit differently. And then the struggle I found at IBM is that it's a challenge. It wasn't always a challenge when I was at startups or when I was at an agency. Um, But our, let's say, management, our organization doesn't always reward us for trying to be different. And you've got to fight for it. So it's it's a fight to kind of expand your mind and grow it. And you can give up easily. You can burn out and leave. But one thing I found is that there are cheap, easy ways to do this just to have that little bit of practice. And so postcards are cheap. At least they're cheap according to me because they're in the closet. (laughs) Uh, These are also cheap because, again, they're in the same space and no one questions when I take them. Um, 
tea is readily available, I notice, and there's a bunch of tea out there if you guys want to take some too. And so you can just make it, right? You just have to get past the norms of like, why do you have tea resting on these postcards? And they'll see it eventually, right? Um, so I, I encourage you just to try something like, it doesn't have to be this, like I stole this exercise from a guy in Austin who stole it from another illustrator just as a creativity exercise, and there's tons out there. Uh, and that's it. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Managing Design 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.